Welcome to Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, I'm already breaking away from the format of this podcast. I think this is episode three. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Saves the Day concert show that I went to last night at the House of Blues in Anaheim, California. Um, I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, so I watched this show. I I don't know. I guess I uh, decided to just talk about the experience I had, and we'll get to it at the end of the episode. I want to talk briefly about... You know, I think I talked about this in the previous episode that was deleted into the ether that we'll never get back again. By the way, for this episode, I'm going handheld. I'm going old school. I'm going mic drop. It's hard to do a mic drop when your mic is attached to a stand, you know. But um, I am using the... Um, ATR2100, which I believe was recommended to me on, um, by this course that I watched years ago on how to make a podcast on Udemy. And I, I think it's a pretty decent microphone. I mean, if you want to start a podcast and it's, I'm not sure how much it is. Um, it's probably relatively cheap. Let me see if I can find it. ATR twenty one hundred. Um, According to Amazon dot com, it's not list. It's not listing the price. It's not listing the price. Um, it's about seventy dollars. I think seventy eighty dollars maybe. I'm assuming it's an older mic at this point. But the cool thing about this mic is I, I have it hooked up into my Focusrite audio interface. But there is also a USB option. So you can connect it right into your computer. So if you are a, whatever the term is, technophobe, um, audio idiot, uh, uh, technology fool, this mic might be good for you. I'm I'm I have a little mic cover on it. I don't know what. I can't think of the name. Damn it! But uh, maybe it's sounding a little muffled. I don't know. In the previous episode, I was using a what I would call a, a much better mic, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm not a mic expert. Um. The MXL 990, but that's it's a fancier mic, I think, so it picks up a lot more um, nuances in sound. But I think this ATR 2100 probably does a better job of um, filtering out unnecessary, unwanted sounds. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, I'm going to talk about this briefly because I. I already talked about it before, but I think it was on the, the episode, the, the lost episode of this podcast, which I imagine there will be many more because 
that's the way the world works. I was just, I was thinking it was interesting that how people change over time because I the podcast that got me into podcasts many many years ago to around 2014 was a Disney podcast a Disney podcast which will not be named because um I I remember my wife came to the states in 2013 and I was excited to bring her to Disneyland cuz obviously she had never been before and I, it was the first time that I had experienced Disney as an adult and I grew up in Orange County 5 minutes from Disneyland but e- even then I don't remember go- I remember going to Vegas more than I went to Disneyland to be honest which probably says a lot about my parents Anyway, I wanted to get through this briefly. Um, anyway, so I start. I started looking online for resources, like try to get myself ready. And I found this podcast about Disney, and and I liked them. I liked their banter. I like, I like the vibe of the podcast. It was very like positive and and cool and fun. And I just liked the vibe. And I I binged every episode for a while. But over time, I just got too depressed and too cynical to be listening to a Disney podcast, you know. So my tastes changed. And it's it's interesting because I, I discovered Smodcast with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. I loved that for a while. I used to love Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q, Los Angeles. And and now I I haven't listened to this Disney podcast, Kevin and Bean, which is now defunct. I believe there's an archive somewhere, but I, I don't listen to it. And Smodcast I haven't listened to in years either. And I just think it's interesting how, how people change. And... Um, so this Disney podcast, they were, I, I didn't listen to it for years. And then they announced on social meds that they were calling it quits. They're like, we're ending the podcast. And when I read that, I th- I was a little bummed. I'm like, oh, that's a little sad. It's like your favorite show is ending, even though I hadn't listened to it in years. And it, it you, you start to feel like, oh, I, it just knowing that that was out there, that they were making new episodes, you you kind of have this feeling, oh, that's always going to be around. So when you see that they're ending it, it kind of jolts you like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. So they ended it, months go by, and then I realized, or I saw that they were kind of bringing it back a little bit with one guy kind of taking over the reins. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll see what what the updates are, what the story is, by why they ended it, why they're bringing it back. And I, I was kind of like looking forward to like revisiting them. Like, oh, it's going to be cool. And immediately I was like really turned off. I was like, this sucks. This sucks ass. Um, 
And I'll tell you why. Because... Uh, now, I used to be a an aspiring, entitled Disney fan. I wanted to be the entitled Disney fan. The more entitled, the better I would feel about my life and my heart and my soul. I I printed out the description for the Disney annual pass, and I posted it on the wall of my room as a way of manifesting it into existence, like. I, that I wanted to to have an annual pass like that's it's crazy how much we change um and I don't know what it is about Disney fans and why they are so entitled I I don't I don't know I I remember seeing <laughs> Like Disney or Freeform or whatever, ABC Family or whatever. I guess ABC Family is defunct. They announced their their lineup for like the the Halloween lineup. This was years ago. They're like, we're gonna play Hocus Pocus and da 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 and da da da. And there were all these comments like, "This lineup sucks. Can you believe it? I don't want to see Hocus Pocus fifty times." Da 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 da. And I'm just, I'm just like, this channel or whatever is trying to spread the Halloween spirit. And the, the entitled Disney fans are like, this lineup sucks. That was one example out of a million. So I, was, I went back and listened to this podcast. And this dude was like, he was describing going to the Aulani Disney Resort with his family or with his wife or whatever. And he was complaining about how they didn't have room service. And I don't know, this really struck me as just really put me off, really put a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I, I don't know, like, if it was me, and, and again, I know people have different perspectives and point of views, blah, blah, blah. But I would be excited and happy to be, I think it's in Hawaii. Let's just say it's in Hawaii. And let's just confidently say that Aulani Resort is in Hawaii for the purposes of this story. But I'm not sure. And I now I wish I had a stand so I could easily look shite up. But I have one hand on the one hand in my pocket and the other one on Alana Seth Morissette's forehead. Um, so I would be happy to be in Hawaii, grateful. I would express gratitude. And my wife and I would be happy to be in Hawaii. And I, we would ha- be happy that we can afford to be in Hawaii and be um, at the Disney Aulani Resort because I know it's expensive to be to go to Hawaii and it's even more expensive to go to the Aulani Resort. So to have this dude just be complaining that uh, they had no room service and I we had to like walk a bunch and order food to our room it's like quite the hassle and Look, I do appreciate honesty, but there's different flavors of honesty. There's different colors of honesty. 
And this is, I don't know what you would call it, maybe a bridge too far. It's like, this is not the kind of honesty I appreciate. It's, it's a gross kind of honesty. I'm like, I feel like you should be grateful. And again, maybe I'm wrong to to claim, like, I shouldn't be saying you should feel this way, you should feel that way. But at the same time, like, I, I'm not going to lie about it. I, I didn't like, I really didn't like it. And tr- it turned me off on the podcast. And I realized that over the past 10 years or whatever, that these people are not my people anymore. And that's fine. They went in a different direction. I went in a different direction. And I don't see the need to to listen to them, to support them. And I wish them well. I don't wish, I don't have ill will towards them. I just, I have no reason to spend any more time or effort in listening to them or supporting them so it's kind of a bummer but it's also just it is what it is it's just a real realization i had i also had have no interest in listening to smodcast um maybe if he brought Mosier back but those classic episodes between kevin smith and Mosier scott Mosier were hilarious to me i think i listened to them too much because i i tried listening a few um, a, a year or so ago and I was like I, I this is too familiar still um, anyway so th- that's it for that story I, I wanted to be brief that was more than 10 minutes so finally I want to talk about personal development um you know, I've been seeing the advice online, like, you should read 10 pages of a good book every day. Like, they, they're like, not a novel necessarily, but of a book that will help help you and fulfill your mind and your soul, feed your mind, if you will. So the first book I read was Slight Edge. I think I talked about that already. I found it irritating and um, uh, just infuriating in parts, annoying. And uh, I start to feel like, oh, if I don't read 10 pages of a good book every day, I'm going to be behind, which in a sense is true. So I picked up another book, like right at the top of Slight Edge, he recommends two other books. Little Things Matter, and The Compound Effect. So I picked up Little Things Matter. Um, I, 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 I mentioned it before, I appreciate honesty, and it's refreshing. So I, 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 I try to be honest. And I, I don't know what... A lot of these personal development books are written by rich white men. Let's just get that um, out in the open. I, I don't know what that says or what that implies. Um, something about a rich white man thinking that they have or they know all the answers enough to be preachy about it is weird to me. Um, let me try to save this. Oh, gosh. And we're back. 
And there's also something weird about, <laughs> I saw this in the comments on, on Goodreads, how uh, the, the author of Slight Edge, he repeats the phrase Slight Edge 80 billion times, sometimes multiple t- thousand times within a paragraph. And it's obviously a rich white man trying to make this into a catchphrase as if he's like, oh, well, I invented the phrase slight edge. I invented the juxtaposition of the word slight and edge. And anytime anyone ever mentions these two words spliced together, I should get two cents. And I feel like the same thing is happening with little things matter. He he'll say, it's the little things that matter in this life. And then two sentences later, I just want to remind you, it's not the big things. It's the little things. And then the whole paragraph will be, um, it'll all be regular font, and then little things will, uh, will be capitalized for some reason. So after a certain point, it you can't. I can't help but feel that all of these rich white men went to a seminar led by a rich white man who said, "Hey, you want to get ahead in this life? Think of a phrase, write a book on it, write your philosophy based on this phrase, and repeat that phrase eighty billion times within the book. It'll sell millions." But just remember, the slight edge will get you there. And it's not the big things, it's the little things. Uh, I can't help but feel that they they are trying to do this formula that they've learned from all the previous personal development books that they read. Um, I also think that the personal development industry or realm is a big fuck you to the self-care movement i really think so like i was i was listening to the compound effect audiobook which i believe it was free for some reason i'm trying out a trial on audible plus and um it was either included or free or i don't know how i got it i don't believe i paid for it and right at the top of the book he's talking about his dad going to sports practice like these kids these children going to sports practice and the either the coach or the dad said you have no excuses you have to keep pushing the only time you have an excuse to get out of practice is if your bone is showing and i just want to be like let's pump the brakes a little bit um I don't know about bones breaking being the right, correct threshold for this. Um, Especially since that, you know, that kid just peed his pants because he's not completely potty trained yet. That's how young these kids are. And that guy, I think his name is Darren Hardy. He sounds very angry at the beginning of his audiobook. He's like, you know... This world has meant you has made you think that you can get anywhere in in 90 days or 30 days all the infomercials and I've had it. He sounds very angry. I'm like maybe we should take a, a different vibe for the opening of this audiobook, Mr. Hardy. 
related or unrelated to Tom, I don't know. Um, and some, look, I, if I'm being honest, there are some gems in these personal development books. There is a reason why they are successful. Maybe it is the, maybe it's because they are rich white men, but there are gems. So there are stuff to be incorporated into your life and there are helpful stuff, but some of these stories are whack. I listened to a, a complete audio program uh, of Jim Rohn. Now, I don't mean any respect or disrespect, sorry. I don't mean any disrespect to Jim Rohn or his estate. And I wonder how his kids and grandkids are um, uh, have made a living. Um, anyway, they <coughs> some of his stories are, are wackadoo. I'll I'll just tell you the 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 craziest story to me. Jim Rowan is talking about. Um, I was talking to this gentleman, and I asked him how much did your TV cost, because I knew this gentleman was a very smart, intelligent, skillful man. But he liked his he loved his TV. He loved to watch TV, so I asked him one day. How much is your television? And he told me it was $400. And I told him, no, that's not true. And then he said, yeah, I paid $400. And I told him, no, not what the TV cost. What watching TV is costing you. Because with your skills and the time you're watching TV, you could put that to developing your skills. I would say this TV is costing you $40,000 per year. And I'm going to tell you, that man was so inspired that he had his friend haul his TV away that same day. I listened to that story. And I was disturbed by it. And I was... Uh, annoyed, irritated. Um, it, it's infuriating. Let, let me go through the layers of my anger. A, I don't believe he was, I don't believe the story. I don't believe that this man was so inspired that he decided to haul, have his friend haul the TV away. That's A. B, there had to be some pushback from the guy. And I wish that if this story is true, that Jim Rohn at least expressed a few seconds of his pushback. Like, what are you talking about? No. But the way he said it, he said he was so inspired, like, immediately. That's B. C, I, I, I keep thinking this. I think how dare people judge other people for... The joy that they get. TV is awesome. And it's in... It's in Darren Hardy's audiobook too. Like... Um, they they look down on TV. And I... Look, I get it. If you... If you spend eight hours watching TV every day... That can be mind-numbing, sure. And I... I, I, guess, I guess that's the point. But TV is awesome. And... 
you know, after working one or two jobs, just to put money on the table, just to put food on the table, just to take care of your family, and to judge these people to forgiving, getting a moment to just sit down on the couch and relax and watch something. Maybe, maybe you need something mindless just to get your mind off of all the shit that you just had to go through for eight, ten hours at work and get berated by a rich white man telling you what to do and what not to do at work. Sometimes TV is just what you need. And I understand that everything needs to be in balance and moderation, and, and I guess that's the point, but it, it's just annoying. And see, if that story were true, I wouldn't tell it. It, it seems like a stupid story to me. Um, and I was not inspired by that story. I was annoyed. I already went through all the adjectives. But I was annoyed, irritated, infuriated, disturbed. If that story was true, it, it should not be retold. Um, I should I should turn on a TV right now and just put it on mute off to the side just in protest. That'll show him. That'll show Jim Rohn, who I'm looking at here, died in December on December 5th 2009 RIP Mr. Ron I know a lot of people love him and respect him and I I honestly these books are helping me but again I wanted to be honest about some of these wackadoo stories um Darren Hardy had a story where he was like I did something that changed my marriage forever one one Thanksgiving, I wrote, <laughs> I started to write down everything that I was grateful for about my wife. Like one thing every day for a year. And then after the next Thanksgiving, I, I compiled it and I gave it to my wife. And she cried. And she said it was the best birthday gift she had ever received. It was even better than the BMW I gave her the year prior. <laughs> so, let me go through the layers again. A, that story made me sick. B, I took the story in face value. I just believed it. And then I told my brother that story. And he's like, I wonder how many people believe that shit. And then... That made me rethink it. Like, maybe that story is BS because it sounds like BS. Like, what the... F and see, again, that's another story that... If if that story is true, I, I wouldn't be telling that story. It sounds like horseshit and it's stupid. No offense to Darren Hardy or the personal development um, industry. I just... I have to be honest. Like again, I value honesty and I have to be honest with my reaction and how I feel. And little things matter like on the positive side. They have been helping me somewhat. You know, um one more negative story. There was one thing I I don't remember what book it's from, but they said when you go to a social gathering, introduce yourself to everyone. And I thought that was insane. 
I actually saw someone do that recently at a social gathering. And he was going around saying, hi, my name is blah, blah. He, he went to everyone, including the children. Hi, my name is blah, blah. What's your name? And I thought he was insane. Um, and in the book I read, they said, you will be viewed as confident and strong, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, I think that's annoying and weird. And it it triggers my social anxiety. So that's cray. But one thing is like, one of the things is like introduce yourself, look people in the eye, firm handshake, stuff like that. I was actually hoping Little Things Matter is more like lifestyle stuff, but it's actually geared more towards business. And I don't consider myself a businessman, but I understand that these things, these actions, these tasks that you can make and do are helpful in any industry. So that is my rant on purse dev, as I call it. Um, I'm at the 30-minute mark. I guess I'll just talk about save the day. So, about a year ago, that's not true. I don't know how long it was. I, more than a year ago. It was like August 19th, I think, 2022. I went to a Saves the Day show at the House of Blues in Anaheim. It was for the... Stay What You Are tour. And it's interesting because they sold shirts, but the shirt only had like literally three dates on it. Because he, uh, Chris Conley was having issues, um, some controversies that I don't want to get into. I hope whatever happened, I, ho I hope everything's okay. Uh, all parties involved. I, whatever. And Stay What You Are is one of my favorite albums of all time. I, I love the music on it. I love the writing. I love the... I already said it, but I'll say it again. The music. And um, it's one of the rare albums where I love every track on it. I don't skip. Because even with the best of bands, there's some tracks where you sometimes you skip some tracks you're like i'm not feeling like listening to this but stay what you are i discovered pro probably in high school and i don't remember how i discovered them but it's one of the rare albums where i love every single song on the album and it was i don't know it hit me right in the right time in high school and so i saw that they were play they were playing this whole album in its entirety in anaheim which is not too far from me I took my wife, and it was amazing. I, I had one of the best memorable times watching a band in my lifetime. Um, I, I really loved it, and everyone was like singing and dancing. And it, it's sad because everyone's singing and dancing for Stay What You Are. And then after they started playing songs like newer songs and unfortunately you could just feel the the air 
just deflate out of the room when they played new songs. Even even though some of those new songs are good or decent, you could just feel the air kind of like deflate like a balloon. How is that sound effect? Uh, it didn't look like it registered well on the mic. But um, I had a great time. I loved it. And then, unfortunately, they had issues, so they, they're like, there was no more show dates after that show. And then I saw that they were coming back to House of Blues for the In Reverie anniversary tour, um, August, uh, October twentieth, twenty twenty three. So immediately, I sh- I screenshotted it and sent it to my wife, and um, and she said, "Let's go." So I bought tickets. I was excited. And I li- I liked the album In Reverie when it first came out. I was like, "What is this? This is weird. His voice sounds different. This is such a dip. I mean, this is such a departure from Stay What You Are. It's almost a different band. And I know a lot of bands do that to varying degrees of success." Saves the day truly they almost sound like a different band with within after each release. So I can't really speak much of can't slow oh my gosh, I sound British. Can't slow down. Even though they I'll I'll get to it, but they played that at the show as well. Let me look at their discography. Um Saves the Day Disco um so i can't say much about can't slow down but from what i heard last night it's he referred to it as hardcore um so i don't know if it's like hardcore or punk or post-punk or emo punk i don't know the genres they all get mixed anyway that's my dog barking through being cool i am not as familiar with through being cool as stay what you are but there are some cool songs on that that i like a lot i that's i feel like it's getting more into a poppier it still has some fast songs on it but there's some poppier vibes to it stay what you are i i don't know what what i guess emo pop but it again i just love the album in reverie it's like almost like bubbly pop or something it's hard to describe which is why let me look at the um let me see if i could find this quickly um they brought in some staff members from dreamworks records to hear the new songs they signed to dreamworks and then i don't know there was a bunch of drama with this album and they they left the um i think they dropped the label dropped them and and that was it i was like well you know i don't know the ins and outs of that process but there was a bunch of drama with in reverie but anyway in reverie was it sounds like bubbly pop kind of some slower songs um I I believe I read somewhere that he was feeling ha- Chris Connolly was feeling happy after the success of 
stay what you are. And sometimes, like to quote Pat Walsh, sometimes happy happiness is death of art. Like you can't make good art when you're happy. And that's why like the best art comes from heartbreak. And then sound the alarm. The f- I haven't listened to that too much, but it sounds a lot more aggressive, almost like, actually, I don't know how to describe it, but just, just angrier, darker, and aggressive. Uh, another 180 from In Reverie. And then I become less and less more um, familiar with Under the Boards, Daybreak, Saves the Day, and Nine. So, um, I don't know what I was talking about, but so I decided to take my wife to In Reverie, and I I like the album now, and over the t- over the years it's grown on me. I still don't. It's hard. I know I don't know if you should compare In Reverie to Stay What You Are, but it's not going to compare to Stay What You Are. It's just not. But I do like In Reverie, and the songs do seep into your head if you allow them to. So we go to the show. Um, doors open at seven o'clock. It's it was weird, like the. There was a weird vibe because we get in line and there's not a lot of people in line. The show is at uh, House of Blues Anaheim at the Garden Walk, which is like walking distance of Disneyland. And kudos to Garden Walk because it. my wife and I used to call it the Walking Dead area. But with this stuff they've been doing lately, it's... It feels a lot more alive now than it has ever been. They have a bunch of like those tables and booths set up that people have merchandise that they're selling. And it, it just feels a little more lived in, a little more lively. I wish them success because in those early years, my wife and I would go and we liked the place. We wanted to succeed. And finally, it feels like it's getting to a place where it's a little more alive. So we get there before 7 o'clock and we get in line. There's not a lot of people. It's a strange, it's a weird vibe. And then finally they let us in. But still, there's not a ton of people. And I guess around 7 o'clock, the doors opened officially. They let us in. Immediately, my wife was like, you're not checking out the merch table. And I'm like, fuck. And she has a point. We don't. We don't have. We barely have money for like a, the dollar menu at Jack in the Box. You know what I mean. But uh, merch is it's part of the experience for me. I love checking out the merch table. I didn't even check it out throughout the whole night because I knew we didn't have any money. Um, so we get to a good spot to stand in. It's like behind this railing right where the, I guess, the lighting guys, lighting crew are. We're like right by there. And there's a little place where you can put your drinks. Like, I don't know what you call it, a banister or something. So we're right there to the left of the lighting people. And my wife got a drink, some sort of cocktail thing. She didn't get me anything like fucking rude right 
And um, keep in mind, I was, I, I have energy issues. I'm low energy and tired all the time, if you can't notice from the tone of my voice. So I was sleepy, like, before we left for this trip, you know, at around 2 p.m. So we, we get to the place... Um, my tiredness is growing exponentially each second. Same with my wife, by the way. We're just getting older. So we're there. Doors open seven. We're there. Nearly, it's like, I think just before nine, they come out. By the way, this is the first show I think that I've ever seen where there was no opening act. And I loved it. There were there were two bands that opened for Saves the Day when we saw them a year ago. I couldn't tell you a song title. I couldn't tell you a band title, band name. Same with Thrice. Like I love Thrice and the opening band. Like I, I know this is like tradition or whatever, but we don't want to see this. We we are sitting, enduring, sacrificing our backs and our time to sit through this opening band, which may be one of the best bands in the world, but we are not here to see the band. We are here to see the the headliner. So there was no opening band, and I loved it. By the way, years ago at Chain Reaction, I watched an opening band named Astoria, and I loved them. I never heard of them. I loved them. They had a song called Start Again that I still pops into my head every now and then. I couldn't tell you the name of the the headliner that night. I was going with a friend. Anyway. Um so around like just before nine o'clock they come out and Chris Conley says there is an issue with the monitoring system. They can't hear themselves. So again, I, I'm I'm a drummer, but I, I suck. I'm a failed drummer in life. I don't know all the ins and outs of live performing, but I imagine, you know, the audience, the speakers are pointed out to the audience so they hear the guitarists, the drummer, the bassist, the singer. But there is an an in-ear monitoring system where they they need to be able to hear themselves so they can hear each other because, you know, well, I don't know, I don't, I should stop talking about that because I don't know. But there was an issue with the monitoring system. So they said, so Chris was like, should we just play without being able to hear ourselves? And of course, the audience was like, yes, we've been waiting two hours. But of course, that's going to affect the performance. So Chris was like, their system just crashed. We'll be back in a few minutes, but we love you guys. Hang in there. We'll be right back. A few minutes. So they exited. And there was another, like, I want to say 30, 40 minutes. At which point I had to use the restroom. And that's always an iffy thing because people are... I remember last year, people are so pushy. And it's like, if someone leaves, they're like, let me get in there. It's like real bordering on, like, sexual harassment like, did this man just molest me? That's how pushy people are. 
So I didn't want to put my wife in that position, but at the same time, I had to really use the restroom. So I used the restroom. I went to the drink station, got some sugar-free Red Bull and two waters, brought them back to my wife. I'm very proud of my wife that she saved my spot. <laughs> I don't think I would have done the same for her. I think I would have ran away crying. Um, by the time I came back, and I... I don't want to get into too much detail, but I took a decent amount of time in the restroom <laughs> to the point where my wife texted me like, where are you? She probably thought I was at the merch table. I was not. And so I get back. They're still not on. And I, 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 I remember feeling this way last time because, again, people were pushy and it was awkward and my social anxiety was getting the best of me. But I, I almost asked my wife last time, do you want to leave? I didn't ask her last time. But this time I was asking her, like, do you want to leave? And she said no. Because we waited all this time, you know, almost, I want to say two and a half, three hours to see this band. And we did pay for tickets. I don't remember how much they were, but, but I was getting tired of standing there. Like, um, again, I have energy issues. I have back issues. And if I were, if I were to have left that show, driven an hour and a half home and, and get into bed i probably would have been okay with that and like that's how bad my body has gotten but anyway they finally come out it's like again tickets said seven o'clock it's probably close to nine thirty, maybe even a little later when they finally start playing they start playing like Anywhere With You. They start playing In Reverie in its entirety. And it's some of the sounds are a little weird, a little off. And then my wife said, it's still broken. And then they, they come out and say, like, we're, we're going half blind here, but we're doing our best. You're still going to get a fucking amazing night, which I respect the musicians for that, for sure. And I, I, I imagine that's not an easy thing. That's a difficult thing. Um, and despite the sounds being kind of weird, they, they're a tight band. They're a good band. They're one of the few bands that would get me and my wife out of bed to go watch and see a show. Um, what was I saying? So... I got to say, In Reverie, it's a weird album. It is, it, it's just a weird album. The songs are slower. I already talked about this before, but the songs are slower, especially compared to Can't Slow Down, Through Being Cool, and even Stay What You Are. And it's it's hard to get to dance to it, kind of. It's hard to bop your head to it. Um, I kind of felt like I was doing a weird gyrating motion with my body as if I was like thrusting and not doing well. It's like, uh, yeah. And um, so it kind of cemented that 
album as being a weird album whether you're listening to it at home on your iphone or live in person there i remember reading a review of death cab for cutie where they say they they're a good band they make decent songs but when you're when you're watching them live it's not an exciting experience and i i can totally get that and that's what i feel like this album is um like like let me sing a song for example i i don't know the lyrics but it so it's like if you're a music nerd like i am it feels like there's interesting key signatures in there interesting accidentals um a little half step here and there and again that rhythm is like where should my head go where should my thrusting go um so it's a weird album so they got through in reverie the 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 crowd was semi into it like that's that's the best way i can describe it semi into it and then he says okay we're going to go back in time we're going to play some hardcore because um can't slow down i guess they're doing a can't slow down anniversary thing too and they said that album's like 25 years 25 year anniversary and in reverie's the 20th anniversary so they went through can't slow down and then I would say between 17 and 24% of the crowd started to a mosh pit and the rest were standing still like myself during can't slow down. Um so I'm glad that those people were excited about can't slow down and they were probably waiting 25 years for this show. So, you know, kudos to the band, kudos to Chris Conley and kudos to those crowd members who still love those the songs after all these years i was not into it um you know they're they're fun and you, you at least you can headbang i i will say i noticed chris conley's smile during the first song of can't slow down and i don't think i noticed him smile at all during in reverie it's just something i noticed maybe he did i i don't know but i just remember him smiling during the first song of can't slow down so again between 17 and 24% of the crowd mosh pitting good for them good times fun times and then they said we are going to take a short break but don't go anywhere <laughs> almost like a TRL Carson Daily VJ Chris uh Conley was like we're going to get off the stage we're going to take a short break um but don't go anywhere <laughs> because we're going to come right back and play a bunch more songs and it's going to be the best night ever so get some air take a break get some drinks tip your bartenders but we're going to be right back <laughs> so he does and that for me 
again, I was telling my wife, do you just want to leave? And she was like, no. And there was this, there was these three people in front of us. I don't know their relationship with each other. But it looked like perhaps a mom, a son, and his girlfriend. But it also could have been a mom, a daughter, and her boyfriend. Or it could have been a mom and two kids. I don't know. But clearly the kids just agreed to drive her there or agreed to go with her to the show. But the mom was hecka into Saves the Day. And the kids were hecka not into Saves the Day. The girl was just standing there during the show, not into it at all. The The boy sat down at one point and was playing games on his phone while they were performing, which I got to be honest, I thought was kind of rude. Like if if the singer or mu- musicians look into the crowd and sees a, a grown-ass man playing games on his phone, like sitting down and playing games on his phone, that would be a bummer to see. He could have like stepped out or something. I don't know. But the mom was going into the mosh pit and they left after Can't Slow Down, which was weird because the third part of the show was the best part, in my opinion. And I got to be honest, it was when the crowd really unified and came to life. Um, You know, because the first part was weird. Second part, again, there was a mosh pit, but a lot of people were not into it. And then the third part, there was a lot of people, like most of the people in the crowd were getting into it, singing, dancing. So here I wrote, I wrote down the songs of the last chunk. Um, by the way, the, there was a set list printed out and on top of the lighting, um, the light console in the back. And these two guys behind me, they kept talking about it. They're like, it's it's upside down and in reverse, so it's hard to read. But he counted 35 songs on the set list. And I believe that is accurate because I, I actually looked it up on my phone. And <laughs> like a fucking nerd, In Reverie has 12 songs on it. Can't Slow Down has 14 songs on it, which is 26 songs. And then you add 9 to it, and that's 35. So, Saves the Day, the only song on the... The only band on the lineup. 35 songs, which is impressive to go that long. Um, And I know the fans appreciate it. So let me give you the track list of this third chunk. Firefly, which is... The the crowd immediately perked the fuck up. When you hear the the hi-hat. I said I'd walk you home. Puri whiskey down. It was awesome. Everyone... Something just fell. Everyone just perked the fuck up. It's like, yes, uh, stay what you are. So let me continue with the set list. 
Firefly, You Vandal, Hollyhocks, Forget Me Nots, Freakish, Cars and Calories, Shoulder to the Wheel, Jukebox Breakdown, Nightingale, and of course, At Your Funeral. So I would have regretted the fuck out of it if I if I had left, if I, if I told my wife, do you want to leave? And she said, yes, I would have been really bummed if I found out, oh, they played a bunch of stay what you are. Um, let me, let me see. Let me go through stay what you are. Um, actually, let me go through, through being cool because I liked some songs on it. I'm not, some of the songs I know, but I don't know their um, song title. I like You Vandal a lot and Shoulders to the Wheel. And probably my favorite song is Band from the Back Porch, which I've, I have, I've only seen them twice, I think. And they, they've never played it live. I don't know why. Maybe it's just not one of the faves, but I love that song. Um, I hope to see it live someday. Band from the Back Porch. And Stay What You Are, the songs that they did play were bangers. My favorite song is probably Freakish. Love that song. Love that song. Um, but I, I've also grown to love Certain Tragedy a lot. And I also love See You. So they didn't play See You. They didn't play Certain Tragedy. But they did play Freakish, and I loved it. And I love At Your Funeral as well. So all in all, we did have a good night. Um, they they mentioned that they're going to when they were young. Um, I guess it's a some sort of festival in um, Vegas today, which Thrice is also playing. I I don't know why I didn't look into it, but those festivals I don't know. I like. Like I just said, I, I would go to see two bands, so I don't know if it would be worth it to me. And so I don't know. There were pros and cons to this night. The waiting of two, two and a half hours was bad, but I know that um, the technical difficulties were not their fault, and I know shit happens, so I, I can't even blame the venue. But doors opening at 7 and band not starting, they were, the first time they came out was just before 9. So that's two hours. And I don't, I don't know if that's tradition. I don't know if that's to build anticipation, but we were getting impatient as fuck. We were not getting excited as time went on. We were getting impatient in our knees and backs. Keep in mind, you know, we were listening to Saves the Day in 2001. It is now 2023. We are old. The band is old, but even more importantly, the crowd is old. The band is probably in the back, you know, getting their dicks sucked. Um, and we're, like, securing our spot in front of the thing, and we're tired. And our backs hurt, our knees hurt. So it's like, I I prefer, like, I remember going to see uh, Glenn Hansard, I think Swell Season live. And I like 
having a seat, if I'm being real honest. And I know that's the least rock and roll, the least um, punk rock thing to say, but I like having a seat. There, there are there was a VIP option at the House of Blues, but like I said, we we're broke as fuck. We have no money. I think that's that's all I got. Um, kudos to Saves the Day, and I do love them as a band. They have become one of my favorite bands over time. Um, and like I said, they are one of the very few bands that is enough to um, get my wife and I out of bed to actually go out and see. Because the rest, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Um, also, the new Blink-182 album just dropped. So that's that's cool. I know Blink fans are excited for that. Um, that's all I got. Go check out Saves the Day. I, I, they're a great band and they're great live. So if they come to a, a town near you, check them out. I hope you are well. I hope you are thriving. If you are unhappy with your job, tr- figure out what you need to do in this life and um, take the necessary small steps and go from there. Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me. <laughs>